Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You gotta score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go. Raider Nation, another day live in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Got my man DeMar Cotton across the room, way across the room. And I'm here with you as well. We're going to rock with you for the next three hours. Very excited about the show that we have for you today. Very excited about the guests that we have coming up. And I do think we'll have a lot of interaction with you, Raider Nation, as well at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword r Got plenty of good guests coming up on the show today as we continue to navigate through the offseason. Coming up at 2.30, we'll join our good friend, Eddie Pascal, Raiders.com. He's going to join us just to talk about what it looks like for the Raiders' point of view for the offseason, as there's so many things that are coming up. Of course, the Shrine Bowl is going to be at Allegiant Stadium. We found out that Patrick Graham is going to be uh, one of the coaches there at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. Of course, the draft is coming up in April. Free agency is coming up. There's so much. And, oh, by the way, I know it sounds like it's a long way away, but it's really not. The Super Bowl is going to be here in Las Vegas in 2024, so there's also a lot of preparation going on for that. Oh, the Pro Bowl. Don't let me miss out on that. The Pro Bowl's coming up pretty soon. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. That'll be here in Las Vegas. So there's so much going on. We'll start to ask Eddie about what the offseason looks like for him at Raiders.com and everything that they have going on. I know they'll be in Arizona with us at the Super Bowl. That's going to be a lot of fun. We did it last year here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And, man, uh, between us and, and the Raiders and all the good, um, the good guests and content that we were able to generate, uh, we're going to do it this year just like that, but even bigger. So Eddie Pascal, Raiders.com, will join us live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. He'll join us at 2.30. At 3 o'clock, I mentioned the Shrine Bowl. Every single Wednesday at 3 o'clock, Eric Galco, Director of Player Personnel, he joins the show. And I really want to talk about today, Damon. I really want to kind of focus in on quarterbacks. Right, of course, Dorian Thompson-Robinson from UCLA is one guy that I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by. I know he's got a lot of flaws, but I'm intrigued by. And these kind of showcases are, are very good for guys like him. We know the stories Eric has told us about, you know, Brock Purdy being a, a, a Shrine Bowl guy. He's told us about Skylar Thompson, who was the starting quarterback for the Dolphins last week. Uh, he was at the Shrine Bowl. I mean, there's so many guys that come out of this showcase, but I really kind of want to start to focus in on the quarterbacks. And that's because, well, there's obviously a big question with the Raiders and their quarterback situation. So for the first time in a long time, I mean, to be 100% honest about it, we go into an offseason where we're actually talking about the quarterback position, right? For the most part, we've known – for years, okay, I know exactly who the quarterback's going to be. So for the first time in a long time, there's a lot of intrigue and questions. I think there was a little bit of question last year during the draft when there were certain guys that were falling, including Malik Willis, who your Tennessee Titans ended up picking up. But I think that there was an opportunity when you start to saw, see him drop and drop and drop and drop, wondering, I wonder if the Raiders would take a flyer at him on a late, uh, you know, a later round pick if he was there available. So outside of that, there really hasn't been too much conversation about quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. This offseason, it's going to be all quarterback. Now, there's obviously a lot more areas of the Raiders team that need to be addressed. But, man, it's going to be quarterback heavy. So uh, we'll really get focused in on the quarterback position with Eric Galco. And then I also want to ask him about if there's any times that teams actually reach out to him or anyone else that's involved in the Shrine Bowl and just say, hey, this is what we're looking for. 
do you have any of these guys that you have an intent? You know what I mean? Like, hey, this is this is kind of what we're interested in, or or what what position is is really like a heavy group that you may have there at the Shrine Bowl. When you say that, do you mean and also specific position players types? Like, hey, who are the speed corners there? Yeah, yeah, who exactly. Are the, yeah. Like, hey, we're looking for some lengthier cornerbacks, or yes. we're looking, you know okay. what I mean? Like something like that. I'm just intrigued if that question ever comes up. Or if they just say, hey, you know, we're going to be in attendance. I know you guys are going to have 150 guys there. We're going to be there. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, Or there could be specifics like, hey, we're looking for some guys that may be offensive linemen that are flying under the radar. Do you have some that you've invited? And he might say, yeah, you know, by the way, we've rolled out some guys from, you know, Michigan here or a guy from Baylor or a guy from here. I mean, yeah, yeah, we've got some offensive linemen, some some big uglies that are coming to the, the Shrine Bowl that we think, you know, may fly under the radar. I'm glad you said that because what, what jumped out to me when you said that they got the ball rolling for me is also the measurables where it's, hey, who are the offensive linemen with the long arms? Who are the defensive linemen? Where it comes because those things factor in when they're looking at them. Also, we know why the combine right. where it's basically just, you know, running and jumping in shorts. Yeah. But also where you can see, hey, hey, this person with this type of measurables, like the last five guys that got drafted at this position where we can always get a stat. Right. I remember seeing something about Max Crosby. It was like the last couple of defensive linemen who tested like this at the Combine, and it's like all five five pass pro bowlers right, that right. are still in the league now. There so you I go. wonder if like of GMs are looking at, hey, who fits this type of a build for this position? Exactly. Exactly. So I think there's a lot of different questions that you could ask, and, and Eric has been around and he's been you know covering and being a talent evaluator for a very long time uh, with the Shrine Bowl and others. So uh, we'll ask him that question and many other coming up at 3 o'clock. And when we start doing like draft conversations and stuff like that, feel free to chime in at any time on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r If you have a question that you like, hey, man, I saw this guy is going to be at the Shrine Bowl. Can you ask Eric about him or whatever? That's cool. That's what we have it for. We try to have it up all the time when we have guests, just in case there is a question that you'd like us to ask. Uh, we don't always do it. Sometimes I'll catch the question after we hang up, and I don't mean to do that, but it just happens sometimes. But uh, if you have a question at any point of the time when we're talking to one of the many guests that we have on the show, don't hesitate to reach out at 69187, keyword r Sticking with that theme, the whole 3 o'clock hour to me is going to really kind of feel like not really draft-focused, but kind of draft focus. And what I mean by that is not mock draft stuff. I'm not going to get anywhere near mock draft stuff until well after the Super Bowl's over. Like, it's it's fun to kind of look at them right now every once in a while, and you know that they're popping up. I mean, John McClain, he always tells us, like, yeah, I'm at – I'm at a mock draft 1.0 right now, and then by the time the draft goes around, he's like, well, I'm at mock draft 13.0 or something like that. Like, that's just too much. That's too much for me. So, uh, you know, we're not going to get into mock draft stuff, but we will start asking the question. We will start kind of peeking behind the curtain and getting some information on particular people. So coming up at 3.30, this I'm excited about this conversation. Cole Kublik from ESPN and the SEC Network, he's going to join us, and we're going to specifically talk with him about SEC quarterbacks. Guys that are, are potentials for this year's draft. We know Bryce Young's going to be the first quarterback taken, most likely, right? I mean, unless something all of a sudden changes quick, fast, in a hurry, Bryce Young out of Alabama is going to go first. Not a whole lot to ask about him. You saw what he was able to do on the highest stage. You saw him as a national champion. Uh, you know that the biggest knock on him is the fact that his size, and that's it. But there's other guys. Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee with the ACL tear. You know, he's a guy that's going to drop. Uh, Anthony Richardson out of Florida. He's a boomer bust type guy to me. Uh, there's other guys out there. Uh, Will Levitz, Kentucky. You know, didn't have the greatest season, but has a lot of, uh, you know, trajectory and, 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 and projects to be a really good NFL quarterback. So we'll ask him questions about SEC-specific quarterbacks. Again, this is a, it's a weird offseason. 
It's been the first time I've ever covered the Raiders in a professional-type manner, whether on the podcast or on the radio, where quarterback's been the question. (laughs) I mean, this is really the first time for me. When I was at ESPN Central Texas, when the Raiders drafted Derek Carr, I remember it wasn't I wasn't covering the Raiders. I was in Central Texas. We were covering Baylor, but I was the draft guy. I was the guy that everyone's like, "Oh man, if it's draft talk, you know, Q's all about it." Because that's I mean, I was I literally I I, I want to take you behind the scenes so you really get a good idea of what was going on. When I first established myself on ESPN Central Texas, Demond, I established it with one segment, Cover Three. That was my one segment. My boss David Smoke said, "Find a niche." Find something that you really are passionate about and own that. Don't let anyone on the radio station be better than you in this certain area. So I said, okay, I'm an NFL-type guy because I was in Central Texas, so that was a very college-heavy town. I said, I'm an NFL-type guy. I, don't, I didn't go to college. I don't have a real college team. I like Alabama because they're NFL-type players. That's, I mean, that, and that's no BS. That's, that's exactly what I am. That's who I am. So I said, I will do this segment. And he said, come up with a great idea of a segment that you want to own. And we want to make sure that if there's any questions about this, you're that guy. So I said, all right. The very next day, I said, I'm going to do a segment called Cover 3. And I'm just going to go over NFL news and notes every single day. There will be 15 minutes at least where we talk nothing but NFL. And it's me leading the segment and me owning everything. I'm going to know everything NFL. And he said, all right, do it. Make it happen. Don't talk about it. Be about it. And boom, it turned into one segment. Turn into one hour, turn into two hours, turn into a three-hour show, right? I mean, all of a sudden, it's like, hey, this dude's pretty good. That's how it evolved because I had, I had the desire to own the, 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 the Cover 3 segment. So I tell you that to say the draft was my thing. So I remember when Derek Carr was coming out, and, and my guy Zach, who's been on this show, is a Texans fan, and the, the Texans need a quarterback. And I said, well, you could go get Derek Carr. And he's like, oh, no, oh, no, that name scares the hell out of me because they had David Carr. So he's like, no, I'm sorry. I think he might be a good quarterback, but I don't want him because of his last name. And I said, well, I'll tell you right now, the Raiders, they got a bad – they've been in a bad spot, man, at the quarterback position. I wouldn't mind if they drafted him, and then they turn around and draft him in the second round. Matter of fact, that, that draft, the first two guys that I wanted the Raiders to grab, they did, Khalil Mack and Derek Carr. And I thought the Texans also, who had the number one pick overall, made a mistake by not taking Khalil Mack and taking Jadavion Clowney. That was like our big controversy that we had. So anyway – that was the last time that I really talked about quarterbacks when it pertained to the Raiders. Now, all of a sudden, you fast forward, it's 2023, and we're talking about quarterbacks as it pertains to the Raiders, which is unbelievable, right? I mean, it's just one of those things. It's, 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 it's brand new for me. So it's going to be something that we're going to discuss, and it's going to be obviously a heavy discussion because you don't know what they're going to do in the long term. And, of course, that's something that's going to be a big subject. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be a guy that they draft this year and he's going to start this year. That's not necessarily saying that's going to be the case, but at some point they're going to have to decide and they're going to turn the reins over to a young buck and hope that they got it right. We'll see who that's going to be. So Cole Kublik from ESPN and the SEC Network will join us at 3.30. Then at 4 o'clock we'll turn our attention to Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. She joins us every Wednesday, talk all things UNLV. And Damon, Damon, Damon. The UNLV Runner Rebels lost another tough one last night to Utah State. It was a game that was very close. A game that I thought they should have won, just like I thought they should have won the other night. You know, when they get when they lose because of a buzzer beater that goes into overtime, and then they lose on another like jumper that probably shouldn't have gone in. I mean, they've just had a bad bad stretch of luck, man. Yeah, nothing to smile about over here. 
<laughs> I mean, it's it's one of those th- you can't explain it because it just happens. Right. Where Colorado State, where you look at that game and where you roll in the ball. Right. Right. Just get if you if you get if you pick them up full court. I never understood that. I never understood why when guys just roll the ball in, a, a defender doesn't go up and press them. Just all you got to do, press them immediately. Make them go get the ball. If they don't go get the ball, it's a turnover. If they do that, they win that game because right. that buzzer beater. If those two seconds are off of the clock when they make it after they get to roll the ball yep. to half court, you win that Colorado State game. Yep. And I'm not saying woulda, coulda, shoulda. This isn't even Monday morning, Monday morning quarterbacking it. This is just why are you allowing them to waste time right. off the clock? Right, exactly. You're not being aggressive on defense. Mm-mm. So it's just things that even if we in, we in the stands can point out and say, why are you letting that happen? It's not about scheme. It's not about fit. It's not about who's not playing well. Right. Sometimes you're just beating yourself. Right. No, you're right. That drives me crazy. And I don't care what level of basketball it is, when you see someone inbounds it and they just let that thing roll and everyone just kind of backs up and lets them just, all right, it's cool, and there's no time coming off the clock because that's why they're doing it, I, I'm screaming at the TV, get him! Get on him! <laughs> right? Like, just press up on him! That's all you got to do! He has to pick the ball up. If he doesn't, it's going to be a turnover, and you win the game. I never understand why people let him do that. A couple of weeks ago, there was a thing on Twitter. John Morant literally just let the ball sit there for about 20 seconds. And people said, when they change this rule in the NBA next year, this is going to be the play that they use yeah, as an example right. of why this can't happen anymore. Man, I'm telling you, that drives me nuts. So we'll talk to Paloma, all things UNLV, at 4 o'clock. Plus, we'll have Cover 3 coming up at 4.30. NFL news and notes of the day will just kind of scatter shoot. So there you go. That's the guest that we have coming up. Excited about the show. Eddie Pascal, Raiders.com. Eric Galco, Director of Player Personnel from Shrine North Bull. Uh, he'll join us at 3 o'clock. Cole Kublik from ESPN at 3.30. Paloma Villicana at 4 o'clock. And, of course, Raider Nation, we want to hear from you at 702-365-9200 and also our don'tbebroke.com text sign 69187, keyword R&R. With all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Before we get into the opening drive, Passionate Raider sent us a a tweet and said, Q, ain't you supposed to have the day off today? (laughs) I got got given the day off yesterday. Was that Kalani that called in? Kalani called in, uh, and we do appreciate the call yesterday, and said, because I had mentioned C.J. Stroud from Ohio State, he said, whoever says that shouldn't... uh, Shouldn't have a, a, an option to, to be on the radio anymore. So basically, Damon and Lindsey, who was in with us yesterday, Lindsey Brown, said, all right, well, I guess Q's off tomorrow. There ain't no, the, Q ain't off. There ain't no day off for me. I couldn't think of the reason why you would take a show off. I wouldn't. I can't, I can't think of it. Like I, even, even if someone said, I'm, obviously a million dollars, you would take it one day off. Brother. But I couldn't even think of like, what would be an incentive enough payday that would be reasonable for you to say, you know what? That's worth me missing the show today. I had to go to Hawaii last year on vacation. The wife had to send me to Hawaii. She had to make sure I focused on her and taking her to Hawaii and leave my computer and all my radio equipment at home so I didn't do any radio shows, so I didn't do any radio interviews, any of that stuff. Like, I had to go that far. I had to leave the common area and leave all my equipment behind so I didn't do any radio. So if I'm in town I'm a, and if I have a, a job to do, please believe I'm going to do that job. So, yeah, I don't, I don't take no days off. There's no days off around here, man. You take a di- day off in radio, man. Someone who ever fills in for you might just take that spot. Just saying. Hey, but what if it was meant to be for that person? You should be proud. That, that person got their start. If they go on to be, you wouldn't be like, yo, I'm happy for that person. I'm, I'm happy to help you. <laughs> I'm not happy to give you my job. No. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Then what am I going to do? How am I going to explain that? 
hey, can you, can you take me to Hawaii this year? No, DeMond stole my job. I can't. I, I ain't got no job. No. Kidding me? Serious? You got to get your own grind, brother. I'll help you out. <laughs> I'll set you up for success, but I I can't give you my job. No, that ain't going to happen. But let's get into the opening drive. What I did want to talk about was an interesting nugget, and I actually talked about it on my podcast uh, this morning. I thought it was really uh, very interesting because we always talk about the quarterbacks. We talk about the, you know, we're used to being in the era of, you know, even going back to like Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers who's still playing and Tom Brady who we're assuming is still playing and, you know, the old heads, the Drew Breeses that were around for the longest. So if you check out this nugget that I got from NFL Communication Nation. This is how I really want to pose this question to you. With all the young quarterbacks that are playing this quickly this this weekend, how quickly do you think a young dude picked up in the draft could come in and be a legit starter in the NFL for Josh McDaniels and the Raiders? And just think about that question that I threw out there. The reason I am is because of this nugget. Check this out. NFL Communications sent this to me. It says the future is now, and at the same time, the future is very bright. Look no further than this week's divisional playoffs where 29-year-old Dak Prescott is the oldest starting quarterback remaining in contention for the Super Bowl. Think about that. The oldest starting quarterback that's going to be in the Super Bowl this year is 29 years old, and if that's if the Cowboys make it. In fact, the average age of the eight starting quarterbacks this week is 25. That's all youngsters. 25 years old. I didn't realize that until I read this. And I know the quarterbacks that are playing, but off the top of my head, I didn't think about how young they are. It is the youngest group since the league began divisional playoffs with the 1970 merger, all eight starting quarterbacks in the divisional round are under 30. That's the second time that's ever happened. It happened in 2004 as well, which is many moons ago. And then, if you want to take it a step further, let's talk about the AFC, because the AFC is what matters when it comes to the silver and black. You already know about the AFC West. You know they have Patrick Mahomes. You know Justin Herbert's there. Russell Wilson's not 30 or under, but he's a hell of a quarterback. So you're assuming that at some point the Raiders get out of the AFC West, they get they get to the playoffs. They have to still face the Joe Burrows, the guys that I was talking about yesterday, Josh Allens. In the AFC, all four starting quarterbacks, Josh Allen, 26 years old, Joe Burrow, 26 years old, Trevor Lawrence, 23 years old, and Patrick Mahomes, 27 years old, are under 28. In either conference, that's only happened twice previously in the AFC divisional rounds. 84, Mark Malone, Dave Craig, and Pro Football Hall of Famers John Elway and Dan Marino, and then 2020 with Allen, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Baker Mayfield. And think about that. Lamar Jackson's Ravens got eliminated last weekend. He's only 26. Justin Herbert's Chargers got eliminated. He's only 24. You know, even on the NFC side of things, Daniel Jones is still playing. He's only 25. Geno Smith is like the old head that got eliminated last year, and he was, or last week, and he's only 32. There's a lot of youth at the quarterback position right now. So when I, when I bring that to the table, I want to ask because there's so many quarterbacks that are coming in, and at some point the Raiders are going to have to make their decision. So are you more confident that they could find a guy and, okay, he could maybe play sooner than you thought he could play at first because guys are coming into the league a little bit more prepared and ready to go. I'm not because for me, this is a great stat and this is showing that the, that the league is getting younger. But all of these guys, let's say Mahomes, first round pick. Burrow, the mm-hmm. number one pick. Josh Allen, hey, they believed in him, first round pick. Right. Where there's still guys that are, and Trevor Lawrence also a first, the number yeah. one overall pick. Yeah. Where these are guys that you knew that they had the potential to be a dude, as you like to say. Where it's not Dak Prescott, he's 29. He was a fourth round compensatory pick. But there are the outliers. And then you can right. say Brock Purdy, mystery relevant. Yeah. But the guys on the AFC side, right. they aren't guys that were just, hey, these teams lucked right. around and found out. Right. Where it's just, oh, we a diamond in the rough. No, these guys were so diamonds can you from get the start. One? What if you get one? What if, what if CJ Stroud or other falls to the Raiders at seven? Let's just, for S's and giggles. 
if they fall to them, like I'm still, I still don't think that they're better than the other two quarterbacks that are that are still young and that they're going to have to compete with in the division. I just don't think that the quarterbacks in this draft have that ceiling that these other guys have. Okay, all right, simple enough. I like it. That's a good breakdown right there. So I'll ask you, Raider Nation, want to hear from you? 702-365-9200. Knowing the the little nuggets right there on the young quarterbacks, I feel like because there's more of the college concept being brought into the NFL almost every year that these guys are coming in with a better opportunity to start earlier and play at a higher, more effective level, where it's not like, oh, you got to dumb down the playbook for this guy because he's not ready to play in the NFL. I feel like these guys have a real deal opportunity to be able to play in the NFL. So with all the young quarterbacks that are playing this weekend, how quickly do you think that a young dude could come in that was drafted by the Raiders could come in and become a legit starter in Josh McDaniel's system? That's the other element to this. Josh McDaniel's system. We heard it's not the easiest one, right? We've seen Jarrett Stidham have success, but how long has he been in the system? So are you confident that if they do make a move and go get their young stud, whoever it is, I'm, I mean, it don't matter, whatever quarterback, maybe it's a maybe it's a Hendon Hooker that you think, okay, he's going to sit because he's got a torn ACL anyway, so one, two years down the line, okay, he's ready to go. He's fired up and ready to go. Is, is, I mean, he, he did in the SEC. You know, he's he's to me it's a little yeah for him in particular if I'm just if I'm looking at just him. But if you look at the guys that are playing, it's not about all the old heads that have been doing it for a long time, the Brady's, the Rodgers, you know, cats like that. It's about the young heads. It's the it's the it's the new dudes. Right? Even look, I mean, Miami could have won. Right? And if Miami yeah, if Miami had Tua, Tua would be playing. And he's a young cat. There's a lot of young dudes and then hell, they were out there with Skylar Thompson. Who was a seventh round pick? Who was in the Shrine Bowl last year? Right? I mean, there's a lot of youth. Look at New England. They got Mac Jones, Young Cat, all these dudes. And then they had a, comp- a, a, a controversy there. They had their other dude the, uh, when, when Mac Jones was out. Bailey Zappi? Yeah. I'm not saying he was great, but he's a young cat too. He was looking better than Mac Jones for a couple exactly. of weeks. Exactly. Exactly. But also, you mentioned Mac Jones there, and I do want to bring it up with him. Josh McDaniels did get to the playoffs as the offensive coordinator with Mm -hmm. Mac Jones. But for me, a young guy, just this next season, and this 2023 going into 2024 season, I don't think that they would be, depending on what they do in the offseason, obviously, but it would be a lot for a rookie quarterback to overcome with the deficiencies on defense as the roster stands now and the deficiencies on the offensive line to be the guy and to make to right. overcome those things. We see it with Patrick Mahomes. He's so good that he can succeed even with an inferior offensive line. Right. But I think that would be too much to Until ask for. Until he gets for. to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Until yeah, he it, got to the Super Bowl, he had to run for his life the whole yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the bill comes due. Yeah, yeah, but it's until, true. But until that point, I just don't think maybe three, four years down the line. Yeah. But, but like we said, Josh McDaniels doesn't have that, hey, by year five, this guy could be a pro bowler. Right. So next year, it's just a little risky when you're in win-now mode to say, hey, in three and four years, right. we know he'll be a guy. Well, that's something to consider as well when you're making your decision. If you're in that front office, you're making that decision. Do you have time to develop a young cat, or do you have to go veteran because you have to win? Right? I mean, again, it all ties together. Like, if you see the, the method to the madness, it all ties together. So uh, we want to hear from you, Raider Nation. Where's your confidence level? 69187, keyword R&R, and, of course, 702-365-9200. We got 80 Pascal from Raiders.com coming up in a few minutes. We got a text here from the 408. It's the most balanced teams that are still in. Defense matters more in the playoffs. Def- defense is what carried Brady to so many rings. Awesome. Great, great response. Now, I do ask you, where's your confidence level in the young quarterbacks? Because that's what I'm asking. I get the defense. I'm all with it, man. Believe me, I've been for any, I've been preaching to the choir. 
Anyone who, who will hear about defense, I've been preaching it. They've got to build that defense. But where's your confidence level when it comes to young quarterbacks? Do you think the Raiders could go and get a young quarterback and within a year or two max, he could be ready to go, especially in a Josh McDaniel system that we all heard is pretty difficult to understand. And then we got one from the 510. Young guys still need help. The teams remaining all have great defenses. Got it. Got it. I'm totally on board with that. Where is your confidence level in the quarterback position? 702-365-9200. Who we got up, Damon? 502 Raider D. What up, 502 Raider D? Welcome to the show. How you doing, gentlemen? How's it going? Good, good. Uh, without a doubt, man, I think I, I think today's college quarterback, a lot of those guys are playing in pro systems. I'm a you know, being, being from Louisville, Kentucky, I really like I really like Will Levis okay. as a quarterback. I think I think that you bring in realistically People get all upset about the Tom Brady situation. I don't care if you brought in Hitler to play quarterback. If you long as you give me some games one, that's all I care about. And you sit and you sit Will Levis behind a Tom Brady for for a year or so and let that guy with that big arm who can still take off and run with with, with the weapons that we have and improve that defense. Super Bowl man in three in three years. I'm I'm, I'm in. All right. Th- thank you for the call, 502 Raider D. I might pick someone that a little bit different than Hitler. I don't think – I mean, I get, I get where you were going with it. Like, you could, you could bring in anybody. I don't think that would be the, the direction that I go. Uh, that wouldn't be the reference that I make. But I understand what you're coming from. Uh, let's get one more quick call in, 702-365-9200. Who's up, DeMond? Mike in Vegas. Mike, what's on DeMond? Hey, guys. I, on the confidence, you know what? If, if we get out and get that big-name quarterback, a Brady, a Rodgers, a, a Lamar Jackson – of course, you're going to bring in whatever quarterback you go after and draft them. Uh, but on that same note, you get these kids that are coming out of high school, they're starters their whole career in high school, go to a college, big-time college. They're awesome. They're starters for three, four years a year in college, of the time in college, and then come out and get drafted, and then they get a sit. What does that do for their confidence level? A lot of those guys, it's got to – be a little bit demeaning to them in their confidence level that they got to lose confidence. I think if if we don't get that big name guy, that we draft one and we give him the reins because he's going to have that confidence that he had coming out of college instead of taking it away from him. What are your thoughts on it? Okay, thank you for thank you for the call. I do appreciate you. I don't know if you're going to lose too much confidence. The only reason I say that is because I think that most of these guys coming in realize that it's a learning curve. But I feel like going back to your point with what they're doing in high school, uh, with all the passing academies that they go to now, uh, with the way that the college game is, is, is in the NFL now, I mean, there's no denying that. Remember there was a point where it was like, oh, this, this quarterback can't survive in, in the NFL? Look where he came from. Everything they do is gimmicky. Guess what? There's a lot of gimmicks now in the NFL. There's a lot of college coaches. Look at Cliff Kingsbury just held a job in Arizona for a long time. He was nothing but gimmick, <laughs> right? I mean, his whole offense was a big gimmick. I mean, that's just what it is. There's, there's that kind of part of the game is now into the NFL, so I feel like it's a little bit easier. There's things that these guys know that they are more comfortable with, and then you can still at the same time bring them along and teach them the NFL stuff that they might not know. So I don't know really if it's about killing their confidence if they're not playing. I just think it's, a, it's kind of a learning curve and when they get comfortable because obviously the speed of the game is a lot different, right? I mean, the college game, a linebacker is a linebacker in college. In, in the NFL, a linebacker is like a, a wide receiver speed, right? I mean, all of a sudden, uh, these guys, they see a linebacker coming across and they got that much speed. They're like, wait a minute, hold on. I used to outrun those cats. I don't outrun those cats anymore. So let us know. 
I want to know about what your thoughts are. Don't be broke.com text line 69187 keyword R&R. Where's your confidence level about the young quarterbacks? Now that you know the little nugget that I pass along from NFL communications about the young quarterbacks that are playing this weekend, I do realize that the defenses still have them in the games. They, I mean, it's not just an individual sport. It's a team game. I totally get that. But the quarterbacks do have something. They play a part, and they are all playing parts this upcoming weekend. So where's your confidence level that the Raiders could draft a guy, a young cat, and maybe in a year or so, Max, he's able to go out there and take over the reins. Let us know about it. 69187, keyword r Coming up next, Eddie Pascal, Raiders.com. This is Red Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Got a text here from the 530 on our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187 keyword r I think we drafted a first-round quarterback this year. I think we make the playoffs. I say it's because of McDaniel's play calling. Adams, Waller, Renfro, if we think it's going to take two to three years for the quarterback to learn the system, then the thinking will be going after Brady or rolling with Stidham. As you can probably tell, I'm thinking we're making the playoffs next year. That's from the 5-3-0. That's in response to with all the young quarterbacks that are playing this upcoming weekend, divisional round of the playoffs. Everyone is under the age of 30. Dak Prescott's the oldest guy at 29 years old. How quickly do you think a young guy could be selected in the draft and learn Josh McDaniel's system and be ready to roll as a starter. You can continue to respond to that on don'tbebroke.com, text line at 69187, keyword R&R. But right now we want to take it out to the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ, in the pod studio, and join my guy Eddie Pascal from Raiders.com. And, Eddie, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We're in the brand-new Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. It's like trading in a 99 Escalade and getting a 2023 Escalade. So this is the first run that we've actually had with the studio connecting to this studio. So I don't know if it sounds any different, but how is it to be connected from that studio to this studio? You know, I feel like we're, you know, kind of in like the the intergalactic Star Trek Star Wars, like Star Wars world, right? Because I'm sitting here in our studio. I hear you in your studio. I know there's probably like, what, 10, 12 miles in between us, but you sound clear as day, man. It's fantastic. And uh, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm stoked for you guys to have this new space. Uh, I know you guys are going to do a ton of fantastic things with, with it, you know, with the 920 family. And yeah, man, it's, uh, it's good. It's a nice way to start out the offseason, isn't it? Is and uh, I know we're working out a few kinks here and there, so uh, kind of bear with us. We actually uh, just had you kind of in one ear <laughs> and yeah. not the other, but I mean, hey, it's all good, man. It all works out, and like I said, this is the start of the off season, and that's what I really wanted to talk to you about, man. Was the off season because I know there's no more games, but it doesn't slow down, right? I mean, the the East West Shrine Bowl is coming up in a couple weeks at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, we found out today Patrick Graham is going to be coaching at the Shrine, not the Shrine Bowl, but the Senior Bowl. We know the Pro Bowl is going to be here. How busy is it still right around the Raiders, uh, even in the offseason? Oh, it's busy. It's busy. I was talking to uh, one of our folks in the control room earlier today, and we were just saying, like, it, it really doesn't feel like there is any type of offseason. And I know, I know that there is, and I know where our hours get adjusted, and we're working like normal human hours, which is nice. But, I mean, to your point, man, there is so much going on, uh, obviously, here in Las Vegas, but surrounding the silver and black over the next couple months. And, and I think that it's, it's important. I was telling our guys in the studio the other day, like, when we have the days where we can sit back, relax, and kind of catch our breath, you got to take advantage of them. Because in two or three weeks— 
Those days are going to be gone. We are going to be getting ready for free agency. We're going to be getting ready for the combine. We're going to be getting ready for all that kind of fun stuff. And you're going to look back and say, man, I should have taken my wife to dinner. I should have left early that day and taken the dog out. I should have gone and you know, swept, you know, swept the floors, whatever I have to do, because you're 100% right, man. The NFL has done a fantastic job uh, of really ensuring that there is no offseason. And certainly there's lulls in the news cycle. But uh, I have a feeling that if you're a Raiders fan, you're going to be locked in pretty intently over the next couple months. Yeah, it's going to be a very off, uh, busy offseason. Again, Eddie Pascal from Raiders.com joins us from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ, the pod studio right now here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So with the, with the findings of Patrick Graham being the coach uh, at the Senior Bowl, how much do you think that that's a, a, an advantage for the coaching staff to be able to have the boots on the ground and a guy that's actually kind of coaching these young guys up coming out of college, kind of getting the first, you know, uh, not a behind the scenes, but kind of getting to know these guys at a young age? Oh, I think it's huge. I think I think it's really hard to overstate how big this is for the 2023 Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, you know, we talk to, to folks that know a lot more football than you and I do, and they <laughs> right. say that the offseason is all about it's an information gathering process, right? That's what teams are doing over the next couple of months leading into the draft. And so the fact that Patrick Graham is going to be wheels down in Mobile, the fact that he is going to be coaching up these guys, uh, like I said, it's hard to overstate how important that is uh, for the 2023 Raiders. And let's not forget, Q, the last time that the Raiders had a presence at the Senior Bowl, and I know it was a different regime, and I know that the coaching uh, format of the Senior Bowl itself was different. I mean, the Raiders came away with a haul. Yep. I mean, we're talking about Hunter Renfro, uh, our mutual friend Alec Ingle, John Abram, uh, Keyshawn Nixon, Keelan Doss, I mean, Isaiah Johnson. Like, there were so many guys. Foster Moreau mm-hmm. is another one. So you saw firsthand, if you were following this team back then, the value of the Senior Bowl. And Jim Nagy and his and his crew down there in Alabama have done a phenomenal job of putting the best talent all in one place, of really making it an accessible event for coaches, fans, and everyone, and really benefiting the players. So if you're a fan of the Silver and Black as we sit here in mid-January, seeing that your defensive coordinator is going to be at the helm of one of those teams down uh, at, at the Senior Bowl, you've got to be smiling from year to year. Absolutely. And, and Eddie, I mean, you take it from the Senior Bowl and you bring it closer to home in a couple weeks and Allegiant Stadium is going to be the Shrine Bowl and we're going to have Eric Galco on coming up at 3 o'clock and he's been giving us some good details but how convenient is that for Dave Ziegler and company and all the scouts to be able to just travel down the road go to Allegiant Stadium and get all the insight on the guys at the Shrine Bowl. Yeah, I mean, we talked about that information gathering queue, right? Yep. And that's really what it is. And, and for Dave and his staff to be able to, to leave this beautiful facility and drive 15 minutes down uh, down to a legion instead of having to get on a plane or, or send you know different members of the staff here and there, the fact that it is in their backyard is huge. I think that it, it's really important, I think, especially coming off the season that the Raiders had, that you need to gather as much information as you can about these draft prospects. It doesn't matter how you do it, but the next three months are really going to be critical in building up not only the 2023 Raiders, but the 2024 Raiders and beyond. So it is, it's awesome for us, I think, just in terms of a hashtag content perspective, right, Q, where we have a lot right. to talk about, we have a lot to cover, we have a lot to write, read, and record about, and it's awesome. But I think in the very real world for Dave Ziegler and his staff and John Josh McDaniels and his staff, you know, in the very real world—excuse me—the very real world of we need to figure out as much as we can about these guys. Uh, I think it's it's colossal. And apparently, we're having some kind of technical difficulties, and we can't hear we can't hear Eddie at all, and that's not good. So, uh, thank you to the texters that we just got that said that they cannot hear you, Eddie, from uh, HQ. No. Yeah. So every great answer that you just gave us, apparently, nobody heard oh. but me, and everything was fantastic that you were saying. And so, uh, I don't know exactly what we need to do on our end, but apparently, there's a button or two that have been hit where they can't get you. 
So well, you know, know. You, you know, I know that I know that you're going live, but if you got, if you want to try later this afternoon or something, just give me a, give me a ring. I'll be here. So okay, yeah, we'll do that. We'll we'll try to we'll try to make uh, we'll try to make that work. I'm not sure exactly what has happened, but I got my guy Kevin on the scene. So uh, uh, if we find out what in the world happened and went wrong, we'll definitely connect back with you, my man. I got you, brother. All right, there he goes, Eddie Pascal. Even though you didn't hear him, I did. All right, that was fantastic stuff from him. Uh, we got my man Kevin on the scene. My man Demond's on the scene. Uh, we're trying to work out the kinks here again. Like I said, there's some bells and whistles that apparently have not been worked all the way out. But uh, Kevin is on the on, on the job trying to make it happen. But I do appreciate the text line. Appreciate the uh, you know Twitter feedback as well. That uh, they couldn't hear Eddie, or else I probably wouldn't have known that. So uh, good stuff right there. 2.39 is the time. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, get to your calls and texts, and hopefully we can hear from you, and I, I can definitely read some texts. It's Rare Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Okay, so we're back. So we are starting to figure out what happened. Apparently, if you're listening on the radio locally, you heard everything. <laughs> but if you were streaming on the Raiders app or TuneIn or any other LVSportsNetwork.com, you couldn't, which is really strange. Demond, it's a mystery. Don't know exactly what it was. We were just talking to Eddie Pascal from Raiders.com, but only we were only talking to Eddie with 50% of people. So do you have any idea what happened over there? <laughs> Uh, no clue whatsoever. Uh, this would be. <laughs> I one like of those your confidence issues. level. You're like, uh, no. No clue whatsoever. Q, you know, um, people think I'm a lot smarter than I am, but I'm oh, not. Oh, I know better than that. Okay, well, thank you. So when it comes to these type of issues, I've only got about two, three tricks that I can pull. You know, luckily, Joseph, who works here in the building, he's driving around in his car. He was able to hear us locally. Uh, so we know that half of the. It's only a problem one way when it comes to the stream. So everyone that wasn't out there that didn't get to hear the brilliant Eddie Pascal, you can hit up Joseph. And uh, he'll be able to tell you how good it was. Do a little narration for it. No, we got a text on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R from the 702 so they could hear Eddie perfectly. That's someone locally that, you know, could hear him. But so it was really strange. And again, just to take you behind the scenes, and this is why we do this, and this is actually the exact reason why we set up the, the conversation with Eddie is because we don't want to have a show or have Eddie or have any other guest live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center and nobody can hear him. Right. I mean, how tragic would that be if like Eddie and Dave Ziegler are on together? And I was getting ready to get to a question about the conversation that Eddie had with Dave because he did upon further review. It was fantastic. Could you imagine if Eddie and Dave were doing a live upon further review, which airs on our very airwaves every what Thursday at five o'clock right after the show? Yep, yep. I mean, could you imagine if they were trying to do the show live from the studio there and it wasn't being heard by the masses? That'd be a problem. So this is why we do these things. Unfortunately, it was good conversation, too. <laughs> and the ones that heard us understand it was good conversation. A Vegas exclusive. Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> so we apologize for that, but uh, this is why we do these kind of runs. And the only time we can actually technically do it is live or else we won't know the results. So uh, there you go. When you get new toys, you got to work them out and see how they work out. And uh, sometimes they do. Other times like that, they don't. But we continue on with the show. Uh, many thanks to Eddie for taking a few minutes out of his busy time. And believe me, Eddie is very busy over there uh, at the Raider facility. So we do appreciate him and Alexandra uh, for putting in the work, trying to make sure everything goes. And uh, we'll catch up with Eddie at some point sooner rather than later. But uh, throughout the question to you, and we want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. 
Don'tBeBroke.com, text line 69187, keyword R&R. All the young quarterbacks are playing this weekend. Everyone's 30 or under. Dak Prescott's the oldest cat at 29 years old. How quickly do you think that maybe the Raiders could draft a young cat, regardless where, where it is, first round, second round, third, whatever, right? They can get a young cat, and he can learn the system and be NFL-ready sooner rather than later based off the fact that younger players are playing faster in the NFL, and now they're even going deeper into the playoffs. The old heads ain't there no more, right? The usual suspects aren't in the aren't in the playoffs this year. And some could say, oh, it's just a one-off type thing, Q. Yeah, but is it? Right? I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, when trends start to happen, trends start to happen. So, again, these guys are coming out more NFL ready because there's more college game in the NFL, in my opinion. Got a couple texts here. Uh, Mailman Raider Max hit us up at, don't, uh, at the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. I have zero confidence in the Raiders drafting a rookie quarterback. They do not develop anyone they bring in. Matter of fact, they had drafted, they could have drafted Aaron Rodgers back in the day, would have been a State Farm agent four years later. P.S. I hope they prove me wrong. And I, I understand exactly where you're coming from, and believe me, as a lifelong Raider fan, I know all the pains. I can go through every single draft. But the problem is you can't hold this staff to that same standard because this is the first time that we've actually seen it. We've seen one draft from them. And they didn't have a first or second round pick because of Devontae Adams, which I think worked out really well for the Raiders. So as much as we as fans or me as a radio guy want to say, well, they haven't been able to develop a guy before, how do I know that? Because it's in the same staff. So you have to at least give them the benefit of the doubt until they prove you wrong. And I'm not saying they're going to prove you wrong. I'm not saying they're going to prove you right either. But you've got to give them an opportunity. Can't hold them to the, well, they could have drafted Aaron Rodgers. These guys couldn't have. None of these guys could have. Dave Ziegler wasn't drafting anybody when Aaron Rodgers came out. I feel bad, too. Anytime I see Aaron Rodgers, I always think that he could have been a Raider. And I feel really bad when I see Fabian Washington because I realize he was a Raider. And nothing against Fabian Washington, but he was picked one pick before Aaron Rodgers. And so that always kind of burns me up. Got a text from the Five and Dime. Confident in young guys in general, but not too confident in this class of quarterbacks. Would any of them be picked before a class with Burrow, Herbert, Tua, Hurts? Probably not. So what does that say for the ceiling as a quarterback in the NFL? And, you know, I, I understand where you're coming from with that one. You know, there was a lot of people that pushed back on Jalen Hurts. There was a lot of people, and I know I wasn't doing radio here, but there was a lot of people that did not believe that Jalen Hurts was going to be a quality quarterback, including the people in his own building. I mean, if you think about it, right, what was the conversation going into this year? Well, Jalen Hurts has to prove it this year, has to prove he could be the guy. I didn't even think, as a guy that was pounding the table for Jalen Hurts, I thought when Philadelphia made him start, I thought that that was too soon. But he had to spring into action because of Carson Wentz and all that whole situation, how it all went down. I thought that they started him too soon. My plan, and anyone who's been listening to me on the podcast or whatever for years now, knows that I said, hey, he could sit behind Carr, and whenever they're ready to take that next step, he could slide in there and be ready and ready to go. That was, that was my idea. And then Philly took him t- earlier than the Raiders had an opportunity to. They grabbed him in the second round. I mean, the Raiders could have grabbed him in round one and had that fifth-year option, but they chose not to. I thought that was a mistake. Philadelphia gets him, and then all of a sudden, next thing I know, look around, he's starting. And I thought, oh, man, that might be a little too soon. But he went out there and proved. So I don't think that everyone coming out believed that Jalen Hurts could be a starting quarterback. If, if I'm wrong, go ahead and correct me. But I, I swear, <laughs> I swear that people used to call him and tell me all the time he's going to be a terrible head coach or a terrible quarterback. He isn't that good. All he can do is run, this, that, and the other. Now, there's a reason why he got benched at Bama. I mean, I remember those conversations. So I don't think everybody all of a sudden, you know, was, was uh, huge on Jalen Hurts. They are now because of what he was able to do. 
and the weapons that Philadelphia put around him, they gave him an opportunity to, to sink or swim, and he clearly was able to swim. 702-365-9200 coming up at the top of the hour. Eric Galco, director of player personnel from the Shrine Bowl. He'll join the show to talk about some players, including quarterbacks like DTR from UCLA, who will be here at Allegiant Stadium February 2nd playing in the Shrine Bowl. But uh, let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Damon, who we got up? Hardcore Raider. Hardcore, welcome to the show. Thank you. How you doing, partner? Good, good. Hey, uh, so one quick thing on the Senior Bowl. Uh, you know, uh, Debo Samuel came out of that uh, – that stint there, and that was when the Niners coached, uh, you know, the other side when uh, Gruden was coaching. So, mm-hmm. you know, Debo Samuel came on the scene, and he was a second-round pick. So, uh, you know, I know that's a different conversation, but um, just shows, like, you know, coaches that can, you know, be there for yeah. Senior Bowl has, yeah. like, kind of an up on, you know, some of those other guys or whatever. But real quick, just on the QB thing, like, I understand your question. I don't want to dilute it, uh, so I apologize. But, like, you know, I- I'm looking at it. Uh, with a little bit of like, you know, what is the Texans, the Colts, and the Seahawks going to do who pick before us? And then what would the Falcons and the Panthers do? Now, the Seahawks have the fifth pick. We have the seventh pick, obviously. And then, you know, the Seahawks have a 20th pick. All those teams need quarterbacks. Now, then the question becomes what free agents will go to those teams or whatever. Uh, my sneaky pick for Derek Carr is actually the Falcons and the uh, Seahawks. I think Seahawks is probably the best fit for Derek Carr if the Raiders release him, but that's another subject for another time. But I really think that these young quarterbacks, so like if three, I guess my point is if two or three of these guys are off the board, then what guys are available left and like how fast can they learn the playbook? Because to me, the question is more along the lines of how fast can one of these guys learn the, the playbook versus someone else. I think Hinn and Hooker is probably going to fall to the second round. I, I look at Hinn and Hooker just like I did Jalen Hurts. I was big on Jalen Hurts, but maybe not in the first round that draft. But, you know, Hinn and Hooker won't be able to start right away. But it might be a good transitional player for uh, down the road. So, like, if we trade – I guess my point is if we traded back uh, and, say, the Falcons or the Panthers don't get him, Hinn and Hooker's an older quarterback, right, which some people don't like. Mm-hmm. But he can probably transition and learn that playbook a little bit more because he's going to be more mature and whatnot. So, you know, to me it really comes down to how fast can this coaching staff teach a younger quarterback the playbook because it is a lot more – you know, these NFL systems, especially McDaniel, is going to be a lot more in-depth than the college programs that they're dealing with right now. So if they, if they get that down, we can win with an average quarterback I, or, or a good quarterback. I truly believe that. They may not be elite right away, but we have enough offensive weapons. If we do something on the offensive line and we keep Jacobs, we don't need a super stud quarterback like Lamar Jackson. We need somebody that can just execute the game plan. Okay, cool. Thank you. Question is, with all the young quarterbacks that are playing this upcoming weekend – 29 and under, Dak Prescott being the oldest guy. Who is the – do you have confidence? That's, that's the question. Do you have confidence in a younger guy being drafted and being able to be developed and play sooner rather than later? That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking. You know, I'm not saying they have to be selected at number seven. You've got seven rounds. They've got 11 picks. They could get a guy anytime. Hendon Hooker's a guy they could get and sit and may be available, at, to, going back to my question, in a year or two coming off the ACL tear. That's the only question I'm asking. 702-365-9200. Got a text on the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R from Brad and Concord. I think they can have success with drafting a quarterback this year, but only if there's a successful veteran to learn from. I only say this because it sounds like McDaniel's system is like trying to learn uh, astrophysics. So a, tri- a, t- a year to learn and absorb under someone would be the best way this could work, I think. 2.56 at the time. We'll come back. Eric Galco, Director of Player Personnel for the Shrine Bowl. He'll join us. It's Rare Nation Radio 920.